Welcome to the Christ Walk Podcast. At Christ Walk Church, we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Christ Walk. How is everybody doing today? Man, so, so good to see you guys. I am just, I'm pumped about today. This has been an incredible summer. Don't you agree? It's been an incredible summer and all the things that we've experienced. And I've had a blast being able to preach through these miracles of Jesus. And the Lord has done so many incredible things. And so today we're going to be closing out, um, closing out this series with a very special guest speaker. Um, over the course of my ministry and um, just all throughout, uh, all throughout my professional career um, in pastoral ministry in some capacity, the Lord has just blessed me with an incredible opportunity to raise up and release um, people into ministry just all over the place. And, and the guy that was up here leading worship um, this morning, his name's Jaron. He lives in Jacksonville. He was actually a kid in my youth group um, back in Jacksonville in like 2004. Um, and so now he's a big boy, he's grown, he's got a wife and kids of his own, and so he's coming in and helping us some and leading worship, and, and there's been others that have gone on to be uh, worship pastors and youth pastors and, and um, different capacities, and today is no different. Um, I'm super excited to introduce our guest speaker to you because uh, he is now one of our own, and uh, <laughs> y'all don't even know who it is yet. Let me get there. <laughs> um, Pastor Nate Emery and his wife, Chelsea, uh, they, they transitioned here about a month ago from West Virginia, and they have come on staff here. Uh, Nate is our family ministry and discipleship pastor, and so he's got quite the role. He's overseeing um, uh, children and youth and our small groups as we kind of shift our discipleship model for where the Lord is leading us into the future as a church body. And so he's come to join our staff and we are so thrilled to have he and Chelsea here with us as a part of the Christ Walk family. And I know that you are going to be blessed. You're going to be challenged by the message that he has to bring this morning as we close out this Miracles of Jesus series. I've heard it, um, and it is, it's some powerful stuff. So I want to encourage you guys, grab your notebooks, get your Bibles, get your pens ready to take notes, and let's lean in this morning. And so everybody give a nice, warm Christ Walk welcome to Pastor Nate Emery. Christ Walk, how are we doing this morning? Isn't God great and greatly to be praised? So um, I've had the distinct honor over the last couple of weeks um, to be part of, of staff here at, at Christ Walk Church. Um, and I just want to tell you guys from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of Chelsea's heart, thank you. Um, because this has been an opportunity of a lifetime for the both of us. Um, and it's been a step of faith, but you guys have made the transition easy, and I appreciate it so much, and I think she does too. Um, but I just want to tell you guys too, I want to deposit something in you, some encouragement, and that's this, that Christ Walk Church, the people here are special. And I don't know if you guys know that or not, like the life change that's going to happen because you guys have been faithful to God. 
you can only begin to imagine what's going to happen. And so this morning, like, some of the things that Chelsea and I have noticed is we've noticed a people um, that are for this community and that want to see life change happen. Um, and I'm so grateful to be allowed to, to witness what's going to happen at Christ Walk Church because of that. So the other thing that I want to do is I, I, I believe in honor, um, and I want to honor the pastor of this house, uh, Pastor Blake and Sarah, um, because one of the things that, that we love about them is that they, they've deposited in us something that um, we get to live out for the rest of our life, um, and, and they've, they've been willing to raise us up, and one of the things that Chelsea and I prayed is we pray for somebody to just give us a chance. And so I want to honor Pastor Blake. Would you give uh, Pastor Blake and Sarah a hand clap for leading this house? And I believe that because they're obedient to the God-sized vision for Christ's walk, that this community is going to be changed. So for those of you that are here for your first time, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And if you are watching online, a shout out to you guys. Um, it's going to be a great day in the house of the Lord. We're in the final part of the series, Miracles of Jesus. And the, the, the last couple weeks that I've been willing to uh, witness Pastor Blake up here on stage and to break down some of these miracles, it's been, it's been powerful. Um, but today I'm going to make it a little bit of a twist. If you didn't know this already, the Bible's broken up into two separate parts. It's broken up into the Old Testament and the New Testament and in the first four books of the New Testament, they are the gospel accounts. And in the gospel accounts, uh, Jesus performs miracles. And that's some of what we've been uh, studying and talking about over the last several weeks. Um, and so preparing for this message and this passage, one of the things that I couldn't help but think of was about the fact that today we live in a world of instant gratification, and so what do I mean by instant gratification? I mean that when you, uh, you get on Google, you can type in a question and it'll answer you in less than a second, hallelujah. <laughs> and I mean like when you get on your, your smartphone device, you can yell out, hey Siri, and uh, Siri will answer you and you don't even have to type it in. Or, or Amazon, Amazon now has um, Prime, so they have two-day shipping if you're impatient like me. And they also have this thing uh, where you don't even have to go through the checkout. Now you can just press the buy button and you can buy it instantly and not have buyer's remorse. And all the ladies in here said, hallelujah. <laughs> One of the other things that I've noticed about the society that we live in, now we have an app from Starbucks. And so I no longer have to wait in the line for 30 minutes in the mornings. All I have to do is pre-order my coffee and I can walk inside and grab it and walk out incognito. But one of the other things that I've noticed too about a society that's filled with instant gratification is this. I love social media, but social media is a perpetrator when it comes to instant gratification. Like if in the place that I'm at and maybe the place that you're at and you get on social media and you start scrolling through and you see people who are in the same age as you, but they're not necessarily in the same stage of life as you. And so what we perceive is the comparison game. And so we think that because uh, they're in a, a stage that's different than us, that they're better than us, and they have the perfect spouse and the perfect kids and the perfect white picket fence house and the perfect car, and they've had the perfect job opportunities, and we don't think we'll get there until 30 to 50 years from that point. 
And so this morning, there's good news for us that even though we live in an instant gratification culture and we have feelings of frustration because of it, there's a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader in Mark chapter five who experienced the same things that we've been experiencing today. And so if I could lead you to the middle of the story in Mark chapter five, verses 35 through 42, this is right in the middle of Jairus's most hopeless, frustrating moment. And so I wanna unpack the story of Jesus and Jairus and Jairus's daughter, but let's go ahead and get a picture of what we're dealing with here. Mark chapter five, 35 through verse 32, it says, while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, your daughter is dead, why trouble the teacher any further? While he was still speaking, the he being Jesus and Jairus being the ruler of the synagogue, but overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. I wanna tell you that one more time. Do not fear, only believe. And Jesus allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James, and they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. And Jesus saw a commotion people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he entered, he said to those people, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And I think if I didn't even move on from that point in the message that this is some encouragement to us today, that if we follow Jesus's pattern, we can have a, a mind perspective flip that your situation's not dead, it's only sleeping. And when God grabs a hold of it, he can do miracles in and through your situation that you didn't even know was possible. And they laughed at Jesus, but he put them all out and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. And taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking for she was 12 years old and they were immediately overcome with amazement. Before we continue on, you have to know who the person of Jairus was in order to understand why and how he was frustrated. The Bible says that Jairus was a synagogue leader. And as a synagogue leader, if we could compare him to anybody today, we could compare him to a modern day pastor. And Jairus, he oversaw the organizational structure and the scriptural teaching in the synagogue and Jairus had colleagues who were synagogue colleagues, and Jairus, we can assume that he was somehow associated with the teaching of the Pharisees. So he knew scholarly knowledge of scriptures really well. But we can also assume then if he was good friends with the Pharisees or he knew the teachings of the Pharisees, that they weren't necessarily fans of Jesus because Jesus' teachings were counterculture to what they knew. And not only were they countercultural, but Jesus was performing miracles on the Sabbath day. And so they wouldn't necessarily have been a fan of Jesus. And yet we find in the beginning of Mark chapter five that Jairus is in a really desperate situation. And how many of you know that when you're in a desperate situation, you'll often do things that you wouldn't normally do? And so Jairus, he's in a desperate situation his daughter is on the deathbed. And so he walks or rather runs to Jesus and the Bible says that he falls at the feet of Jesus. 
So I wanna ask this morning, are we desperate enough to fall at the feet of Jesus? Are we desperate enough to push past everything that hinders us, our fear, our social status? Are we desperate enough to fall at the feet of Jesus this morning? I believe that we can learn something first thing from Jairus' response here, and his response is important to our faith journey. And so Jairus, he starts leading Jesus to his house, hoping for a healing miracle for his daughter who was 12 years of age. And I can only imagine the frustration that Jairus would have been experiencing at this point. And this is a really delicate situation, but the Bible says that as Jairus is leading Jesus to his house, that the crowd starts pressing against them. And so now if things weren't worse enough already, time has slowed down. And I can imagine that Jairus is seeing Jesus walk in slow motion and then something weird, something strange happens. Jesus stops dead in his tracks and he says, who touched me? And if I were Jairus in this moment, I would have thought this dude was crazy. Don't call me a heretic. Jesus, like we're in the middle of a, a crowd. Everybody's touching you. You're bumping elbows with everybody that you walk by. Why are you even asking this question? Jesus, my daughter is on her deathbed. Any second now she could slip into the grips of death and you would decide to stop in the middle of your tracks to ask a weird question like this. And if things weren't weird enough as it was, a woman, the Bible said, who had been sneaking through the crowds, wanted healing for a physical infirmity. She had been bleeding for 12 years and she reaches out and touches the hem of Jesus's garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? The power, I felt the power leave me. This is a different kind of touch. This is a touch of, of faith. This is, this is different. And, and so now the woman identifies herself. And so if we flip the scene back to Jairus at this point, Jairus is feeling frustrated. He's feeling desperate. Time is running out. And now it seems as if somebody has stepped in line in front of him and stolen the miracle that his daughter was rightly supposed to receive. What do you do when you've been praying for, when you've believing, been believing for, when you've been hoping for, when you've been worshiping God like never before when you've been pressing into what he has for your life, for a miracle, for a move of God personally. And then all of a sudden it seems like somebody else has just stolen the miracle that was supposed to be yours. In the past six weeks, we've been hearing about all of these different miracles that Jesus has performed We've been hearing about people that have stepped out in faith knowing that he has the miraculous power to heal them. We've had life change here at Christ Walk Church because we understand and have unlocked the miraculous power of Jesus. And the power of Jesus has become more evident to us. But how do we respond in moments of frustration when we've been waiting for so long for something to take place in our own lives? And yet, Someone close to us gets what we thought was ours.
How do you respond when you've been trying to get pregnant and someone close to you gets pregnant so quickly? How do you respond when you've been praying for a physical healing and somebody else gets the physical healing you thought was yours? Or better yet, how do you respond when you've been praying for physical healing and everybody around you has a clean bill of health? How do you respond when you've been praying so hard for your future spouse that's not here yet, but you know that you know that you know that you're gonna have a spouse and yet everybody else around you is getting married? How do you respond when you've been praying for your son or daughter or your spouse or someone close to you but far from God? You've been praying for them, for, for, for them to encounter Jesus and yet you come in on a Sunday morning and you experience life change all around you, but it's still not the person that you've been praying for. And I wanna encourage you this morning that Jairus can relate and I can relate and Jesus, he sees you. Because right before Jairus' eyes, in the midst of his desperation, in the midst of his frustration, if things didn't seem hopeless enough, now they were. Because now Jairus is leading Jesus and somebody has just stolen his daughter's miracle. And then a messenger or messengers from Jairus' house, they come to him and they tell him, dude, just, just give up, your daughter's dead. It was already difficult enough that Jairus stepped out in faith to get a physical healing for his daughter, a miracle of healing. But now, now it's not just difficult, it's impossible. Because now Jairus is not just demanding that Jesus give his daughter a miracle of healing. This situation demands that there's a miracle of resurrection. This situation demands that the impossible take place, but the impossible is not possible, at least that's what we think. But how many of you know this morning that we serve a God of impossible? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so now, in the midst of a desperate situation, Jairus is hopeless, at the brink of giving up, and we see a response from Jesus that I believe is for us today. Jairus, or Jesus is talking to Jairus and he's also talking to Jairus' messenger. And Jesus answers the question, how do you respond when somebody receives a miracle that you thought was yours? His answer, Jesus' answer is twofold. The first is this, do not fear. And the second part of Jesus' answer is only believe. And what he's really saying is that if I can do it for a woman with a 12-year physical problem, then I can do it for your 12-year-old daughter. But I also think that if we're switching back to Jairus, that Jairus is thinking in this moment, after Jesus' response to him, I just saw you heal this woman. And what I didn't tell you is that when when this woman came and touched the hem of his garment, Jesus told her, woman, your faith has made you well. And so now Jairus sees his belief in action. Faith is belief in action. 
And so he's replaying in his mind that if I only believe and if I will act on my faith, that maybe, just maybe, that this thing that Jesus says is true and my daughter will receive the healing or rather the resurrection that she needs. This woman pushed past her fear and chose faith. And now Jesus is commanding Jairus, and I believe that he's commanding us to push past our fear and choose faith. The answer is twofold. How do you respond when it seems like somebody else has received your miracle? Number one, you don't fear. But what does that really mean? Don't fear really means this. It means don't let it consume your mind. Don't let it fester in your heart. Don't let it have power over you. Don't lose sleep over it. And be confident in replaying over in your mind the fact that Jesus has worked miracles in your past, but that he's also worked miracles in people around you. And if he can do it for them, then he can do it for you. I believe that because we live in an instant gratification culture, we feel like we're always in line for something. And so one of the, one of the times that confuses me most during the calendar year is Black Friday. <laughs> Y'all, I can't stand Black Friday. So, so if I offended you there, just bear with me. But Black Friday is one of those times that's just confusing like, why do you wake up at ungodly hours in the morning to wait in line for a sale? You can wake up at noon on Monday for Cyber Monday in your PJs and get the same deals. <laughs> and so people will stand in line and I've seen videos of people bum rushing the stores for the Black Friday sales before they run out. How many of y'all know that Jesus' miraculous power is not a Black Friday sale? You don't have to wait in line for Jesus' miraculous power. If you will unlock it with your faith, he's there for you. I need you all to know this morning, if I could encourage you with one thing, I would encourage you with this, that your miracle is on its way. What you've been praying for, it might not come when somebody else's comes, but it will come. Sometimes the crowds are pressing against you, but it will come. And number two, Jesus said, just believe. That word believe is pretty powerful because if we translate it, it literally means in the Greek to give credit to. And I think Jesus might have pointed this part of the command, not just at Jairus, but also Jairus' messenger. Dude, just give me some credit. Yep. Haven't you seen me work miracles in the past? Haven't you heard the rumors about who I am? He had just finished telling Jairus to let Jesus go. And that's what it says, the Nate's Living Translation. Do just give me some credit. I've got to be honest with you guys this morning. This relates to me in a very personal way. Because I'm living in a, in a season of overflow and a season of blessing, but to be honest with you, there's still a miracle that Chelsea and I are waiting for. 
So this is not an easy topic for me or something that I can say that I'm exempt from because I believe that everybody in this room and in one time or another, you've been in a season of lack or want. You've been in a season where it seems like you've been waiting for a miracle, but everybody else around you is getting what you've been praying for. And so the woman with the issue of blood, she wasn't first in line. She was just another miracle of Jesus. There's nobody first in line in front of you, but sometimes God wants to elevate your faith so that you can lean into him in these seasons. But I wanna declare to you this morning that your miracle is on the way. And so I believe this morning that just as Jesus responded, don't fear, only believe what he's saying to you and what the Holy Spirit wants to remind me and you this morning is to just give me some credit. Do that, just give me some credit. Because if I can do it for the woman with the issue of blood, and if I can do it for Jairus' daughter, and if I can do it for someone who's close to you, then I can surely do it for you. But what I believe that Jesus is actually saying and what Jesus is telling Jairus and us this morning is he's saying, don't you know who I am? Don't you know that I'm the God who led the, who led the Israelites out of Egypt? Don't you know that I'm the God who spoke to Moses in a burning bush? Don't you know that I'm the God who made the sun and the moon stand still? That I'm the God who spoke the world into creation? That I'm the God who buckled the wall of Jericho? That I'm the God who turned enemy armies against one another and I'll fight for you because I love you? Don't you know that I'm the God who showed up in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And don't you know that I'm the God who will rain down fire from Mount Carmel when you need a miracle at the altar? But there's more to the story for you and I this morning. It goes much farther than Jesus being the God of the Old Testament. He's also the God of the New. And if communion wasn't a powerful enough reminder, it's, it's, a, it's a call to participation at the table with Jesus. But let me remind you that your story's never over, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. It says that he was later bruised for our transgressions and he hung on a cross and he absorbed all of the wrath for our sins and he truly became the resurrection and the life. And might I remind you that Jesus holds the, holds the keys to death in the grave. And the Bible says that it was resurrection power that rose Jesus on the third day from the grave. And it's the same resurrection power that rose this little girl out of her sleep. And it's the same resurrection power that 50 days later when Jesus ascended to heaven is now with us. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus died so that you and I could have eternal life. And it's the greatest miracle that has ever taken. It says that the Bible says that he put our sins as far as the east is from the west. And so now death no longer has a hold on you. Your situation has no power over you. 
And I would remind you and encourage you this morning that your miracle is on its way. And for those of you that are here this morning and you're hearing this for the first time, just as Jesus told Jairus, don't fear, I believe he's telling you don't fear and only believe. The Bible says that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will inherit eternal life. They will inherit the resurrection and the life. And it would be my honor this morning to lead you through a simple prayer so that you too can participate at the table so that you can be part of the family of God. So if you're here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna lead you through a simple prayer that you can pray with me. It's gonna be up on the screen behind me. It says, Heavenly Father, pray this with me. I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm lost without you. I believe Christ died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. I choose to surrender to Jesus and his way for the rest of my life, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, I would encourage you first of all to tell somebody. Tell me, tell Pastor Blake, tell somebody in the room, tell them. We wanna encourage you, we wanna celebrate you, we wanna pray for you. I don't know who you are this morning, but can we just give a big hand clap of praise to anybody who could have possibly received Jesus for the first time? And if you're here today and you're already in the family of God, but you feel like Jairus for some reason, and you've been waiting on a miraculous move of God, I just wanna encourage you, would you stand with me all over this place? Would you stand to your feet? I wanna pray for you that the miracle you've been waiting on is not too far away. And then I wanna enter a time of worship together where we can lean into Jesus and step out in faith and fall at his feet. Father, I thank you for everybody at the sound of my voice this morning. I thank you for who they are. I thank you that they've decided to come here on a Sunday morning. They could have been anywhere else, but they chose to seek you out. And God, I pray that you would give them a moment in humility to surrender themselves to you, but also may they fall at your feet, Jesus. I believe you are in the room with us this morning and if they would just fall at your feet and seek you out, I pray that you would move on their behalf. The miracles would take place because they've decided to follow after you and God, I pray this morning that you would release the fear that's in their heart, that there would be a peace that passes all understanding and that it would saturate their minds and their hearts with everything that you are. And may belief rise up in their hearts, I pray. May the power of the Holy Spirit be evident in their life. And may you give them a testimony that your miraculous power is mighty to save, that dead situations can be brought back to life, that 
dead relationships can be brought back to life. And may we enter this time of worship ready to receive all that you have for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope you were inspired by the message. For more information, visit www.thechristwalk.com.